Welcome back to Beat Seeker. I'm your host, Matt McButter. In each episode, we explore the shifting world of music with world-renowned experts and artists to take you deep, deep inside the fascinating and changing world of music technology and music discovery. And I'm your host, Mike Weider, reminding you to subscribe in Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating if you like the episode. You can visit our website at beatseeker.fm, where you'll find plenty of rabbit holes with extra content to dive into, guest backgrounds, and even a playlist with music recommendations from each of our guest episodes. Also, Beatseeker swag. You can stay current and talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at BeatseekerPod. Heavy metal music might not conjure up images of positive mental health, but research shows that for some people, a little metal might be just what the doctor ordered. It's time to challenge those negative stereotypes and learn about the health benefits of metal. And while we're at it, we're going to find out why sharks love heavy metal too. Joe Daly is an award-winning music journalist who joins us today to explain the healthy metal paradox. Joe regularly contributes to Metal Hammer, Classic Rock, Men's Health, and Bass Player Magazine, among other outlets. We reached him in San Diego. Joe, thanks for joining us on Beat Seeker. Thanks for having me, guys. Pleasure to be here. So, Joe, there's a common stereotype that some people conjure up when describing heavy metal fans. You know, maybe angry or aggressive, Satan worshippers, dark, evil, maybe even tendencies towards some violent behavior. And, you know, these these stereotypes might lead people to think that heavy metal is bad for you. But you've written extensively on the subject, challenging these assumptions as myths and even showing that the opposite may be true, that metal might be good for your health. So we'll get into those health benefits later. But before we do, can you give us some background on these negative stereotypes of the headbanger? Why do people think metal is evil? Well, you know, I don't think Ozzy helped our cause when he bit the head off of a bat. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, really, it, um, you know, it stems back from, I think, you know, those early days of rock when you had, you know, bands like Led Zeppelin, you know, particularly kind of pushing, uh, you know, what people thought were extreme in the Beatles and Stones, bands like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath took one degree more. And I think it all kind of started there where people thought they had their arms around where music was going. And all of a sudden, um, these guys with long hair and super tight clothes started singing about Viking gods and pagan rituals and stuff. And I think all bets were off after that. And it was easier to just write that off as a dangerous element to be avoided than something to be truly investigated. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there was even a 90s campaign blaming metal and and, and similar genres of music for, for gun violence. Is there any merit to those, you know, connect, connections that people were making between metal and aggressive behavior? No, absolutely not. I mean, no, no more than anything else, right? I mean, people are always looking for the boogeyman, whether it's a video game or a horror movie or, or heavy metal. And, you know, ultimately, um, to, to be so reductionist and blame one genre of music, which is so broad in scope, by the way, it, you know, from it's crossed eras, it's crossed countries, it's crossed themes. Um, to say that that kind of system is uh, has some responsibility to a social ill is it's uh, it's pretty reckless actually. Mm-hmm. So so maybe okay. So listening to metal might not you know <laughs> turn me into a mass shooter or something, but yeah. can it actually improve my health? Like what are I, I understand? There's a whole bunch of studies that have been done uh, backing up basically what you're saying with real scientists and real research, you know, what are some of the health benefits that have been observed? 
It's a great question. And I think, you know, um, just the fact that these studies exist show that um, there's this kind of groundswell of people saying, hey, wait a minute, this is a positive, this is a positive thing, and we're going to prove it. Um, For me, it started, there was a a Humboldt State study that um, it came out in 2014. And the goal of the study was to kind of look back on people who were metalheads in the 80s and see how you're doing now. Um, in a way, it's kind of like the, you know, the famous marshmallow test, uh, psychological study from the 60s. Um, and it basically, you know, looking through um, the, the survey group, which was almost 400 people, um, it looked at people who had, um, you know, whether it was some kind of trauma in their life or, you know, very, they had a specific group of, of markers, which they um, kind of interviewed all these people. And the finding was that um, people who were metalheads, who are identified as metalheads in the 80s, um, were much happier, much better adjusted. Um, they were just overall emotionally and mentally um, healthier than the control groups of middle-aged and college-age students um, of the same kind of age. Um, and I think that got a lot of people's attention. Hmm. And, you know, it seems like there's been actually, when I we started doing a little bit of research for this episode, we found the a surprising number of serious academic studies looking at this why do you think so many people are researching this topic well i i would be stunned if the the researchers themselves weren't metalheads <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah okay that that makes sense yeah perhaps trying to validate some of their own um you know kind of uh, passions but um you know the point that you brought up earlier which is that there is um there is kind of a, a you know, perception that metalheads are kind of dangerous and they're, you know, outlaws. And, you know, if you look in the movies, like it's always the juvenile delinquent likes heavy metal or looks like a metalhead. And um, I think, um, you know, just like Stranger Things, like this last episode, I don't know if you watched that, right? Eddie, who was the metalhead guy who was suspected of being the mastermind behind the the Demogorgon or whatever. Yeah. And he comes out to be the hero. And and I think, you know, the response to that was, oh, my God, we've turned it on its head. Really, it's it's funny that people are so surprised that the metalhead character actually turned out to be a good guy. Like, that's kind of the story within the story. Yeah, that's awesome. I did find a few uh, of these papers showing that that suggesting some negative effects. Like there was this one I don't know if you've seen um, about mice listening. This guy, this guy was suggesting that mice mice listening to hard rock music ended up killing each other, where mice listening to Mozart didn't. Or there was another one about road safety that found like listening to Slipknot can be dangerous to your driving. <laughs> Maybe pedal isn't perfect for everyone in all circumstances. Yeah, if that were true, it's a miracle that I'm here because I uh, <laughs> all the time in the car. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's certainly. I mean, it's you know we've we've done a number of episodes covering the influence of music on various aspects of mental health. Um, but it, you know, there's this, uh, growing, I guess, body of research looking at the effects of music in general on how it affects our personalities to our memories, to our emotions. And I guess met this metal research is just kind of part and parcel of that overall kind of body of research. I think so. It's, you know, I, I wrote about this for, um, for Metal Hammer magazine and, um, and it was surprising how uh, the reception that it got, it was very well received and people were kind of, um, you know, they, they viewed it as kind of a validation, but where 
where I got the, it, the Genesis was actually from a Peloton uh, instructor that I like. Uh, it's this, uh, she's a mental health advocate. Her name's Kendall Tool. She does these metal rides and they're tremendous. They're like some of the most aggressive, most challenging exercises on Peloton. And she just plays a soundtrack of metal and it's very legitimate metal. It's not just old classic metal. She kind of breaks new bands. Um, she slipknot is uh, often in her playlist and she uh, she often kind of says, okay, I know you guys are all ticked off and I know you guys are all angry. And and I every time she says that, I'm like, we're not, though. <laughs> we're really happy people. And uh, and I wanted to kind of prove her wrong. And so that's kind of why I started looking up these studies. And, you know, no surprise, there's there's just a titanic body of research bearing out that um, metalheads are pretty happy people. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's sort of counterintuitive, right? That people yeah. assume that, that they, they have these dark personalities, but end up being kind of, you know, pretty normal people that are happy and well-adjusted. Um, yeah, that's right. I, I also found on Peloton, I have, a, a, a there's one on uh, metal Metallica yoga that I've done before. And that's pretty good as well. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect to find something like that, but here we go. Exactly, are. yeah. So let's dig into some of the specific uh, uh, health benefits. What are some of these health benefits? Well, I think you know, um, you know, they're they're primarily you know mental health, right? It's um it's a, a way to kind of self regulate. There was an Australian study in 2015. It was really interesting in that it induced anger in the participants uh, and how they did that, uh, you know, get them to talk about challenging things, frustrating things. They, they found all the person's hot buttons and pushed them all. And then they said, okay, now you're riled up, go listen to some metal. And um, they let them pick what they're gonna listen to. And uh, then they said, sit for 10 minutes and come back and report. And they all, um, their levels of hostility and irritability and stress had all decreased after listening to metal. And the takeaway from that, the finding was, it's a powerful way to self-regulate emotions. You know, I, I think that some people, there, there's kind of a thinking that, um, you know, what's stereotyped as a negative emotion, sadness, anger, whatever, is something that needs to be fixed. And so, you know, here's, um, you know, feral, here's happy, here's some pop, you know, and really, when you're when you're upset, that's not what you want to hear. <laughs> you know, you want to you want to feel known. You want to feel like someone is relating to you. And in this particular study, um, it was interesting that they examined the music that the people listened to, and about half of the um, respondents listened to very aggressive kind of thrash metal, and the other half listened to kind of doomy depressive metal, and. Um, all of them came out feeling better. So I think that as a, as a way to self-regulate emotions, it's an incredibly effective tool. And the study certainly bears that up. So what you're saying is, you know, not all metal is the same. In fact, there are probably more subgenres of metal than most, you know, non-fans could ever guess. I mean, there are really dozens of different, different, uh, you know, from the glam metal of Motley Crue, maybe to more of a thrash sound like Slayer and, you know, and, and, and those are just the pop more, you know, more well-known ones, you know, you can get into grindcore and Norwegian death metal and all these little subgenres and stuff. So you, what you're saying is, um, you know, these health benefits would work equally for any of those subgenres of metal. Uh, Absolutely. If, if, if you like, but you, 
is part of it that you need to like that like the metal? I mean, if I'm say a you know a, a classical music fan or I listen to classic rock, is listening to metal going to have positive health benefits on me? No, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, and I exactly. think that yeah. yeah, I think there is a truth that you know um, metal itself metal is not like uh, you know a panacea, right? Like you're not going to listen to Venom if you listen to you know, pop music, if the weekend is your favorite guy and someone says, oh, you know, here's some venom, listen to this. Um, you know, you're going to have your hands full talking that person off the ledge. <laughs> yeah. And, and so, I mean, is, is this then true, these health benefits for all forms of music or does metal produce some unique health benefits? That's and a great so question. What, what, yeah. What would it be about metal that, that would produce those unique effects? Well, so that's a great question. And, you know, to your point, a broader point, right, most of these, uh, most of the studies that have been done do actually uh, would apply to other styles of music. Um, for example, there was one um, study that was, uh, it was in 2002, and it showed that playing music um, literally boosts your immune system and increases um, your SLGA levels. And I'm way uh, over my skis now with this. Uh, <laughs> but and basically those are the levels that kind of, they help you. So metal they, stops COVID. Metal stops COVID. <laughs> <laughs> you Don't take ivermectin. <laughs> <laughs> right, just listen to Slipknot, you'll be just as good. Um, but it basically showed that, you know, this the levels of this, um, of SLGA, you know, they kind of regulate against uh, inflammation, uh, irritable syndrome, fatigue, and playing music um, increases these levels and therefore kind of gives you a higher level of immunity against kind of some of these low level conditions. Um, that's something that certainly works for metal, um, as the study showed, but it, it will work for anything else too. So I think it's, um, you know, music as a whole. I think that while these would most of these studies could apply to other styles of music, I think where they come in the context of metal is um, those other styles of music don't carry a stereotype uh, about people who enjoy that. You don't have a stereotype that the people who enjoy country music or pop music or classical music, you know, run around and burn churches and eat bats and all that, right? They don't, those genres don't have to combat those negative stereotypes. Metal, on the other hand, very much does. And in a way, these studies all kind of bear out that metal is just like any other music. Um, and, you know, if, if it's something that you enjoy, if something that brings you joy, you're going to have a positive experience. Could could there be, though, a couple things I'm just thinking about that are unique about metal? Like what number one is the the nature of the the music has some of these dark themes to it. And as you said, for some people counterintuitively when they're feeling down or whatever your 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 assumption is that they want happy music will sort of counteract that or cure it but what you're saying is that actually listening to something that is also sort of dark sort of gets those emotions kind of flushed out in those cases and and then the, the second thing i was sort of thinking about which is that um metal maybe even more than other types of music there's this community aspect in a very kind of, I'm publicly part of a group. Um, like we did this episode on merch recently and we found that metal, metal listeners buy like, I don't know, it was like 5X the merch of any other uh, pop, you know, uh, uh, genre. Yeah. And so clearly people wanna be part of a community and publicly show that. And 
maybe being part of that community is also somehow um, helping them with whatever, you know, being, having a sense of well-being that you, you know, you might not just get to the same visceral level with other types of music. A hundred percent. It's interesting that you talk about merch. Like I was at a, I was at a show last night, uh, <laughs> a pagan folk concert. Um, it, the band's called Hylum and um, they're a Danish band that play um, old Norse music. So very mi- medieval style. And um, they, in, it includes throat singing. It's very exotic. And it was at the Greek theater in Los Angeles and it was almost sold out which I think says a lot for like, mm-hmm. that's the ultimate in fringe music. And uh, everybody had a metal band t-shirt. You know, I had a black metal t-shirt and three or four people said, Oh, nice shirt. It's something that, that um, you see in metal, you know, it's very important. Like how you represent your styles, your bands, um, people just, it's a conversation starter. And it's, it's one of the kind of fun things about being in the community. Yeah. Well, if you think you, you mentioned Norway and I guess the, the metal listeners per capita in Norway and Finland and Sweden and these Scandinavian countries tends to be a little bit higher. I wonder if anyone's kind of done a study on their mental well-being or kind of why this is that metal is so popular there. Yeah, I know that the uh, well, why it's probably popular is because so, you know, they get so little sunlight in the winter and it's so bleak and they retreat into these dark uh, kind of heavy um, styles of music. But, you know, what's also interesting is um, in the, the this most recent ranking, you know, the hap- the happiest countries, I think is it the World Economic Forum that does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, top, the top five were all the, uh, the Scandinavian countries. You know, Finland was actually at the top and then you had Scandinavian countries below. Um, Finland is also the, uh, has the highest number of, uh, I think, metal bands per capita. Coincidence? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I think not. <laughs> credit. We're going to give credit to metal for that. Um, yeah, there we go. Okay, Joe. So we can't we can't end with uh, with uh, without asking you about the sharks. Apparently, metal is not just good for humans, but sharks love metal too. Can you explain this one? Sharks absolutely love. Yeah, uh, they um, for one of the famous Shark Week kind of um, uh, series that they did. They um, they wanted to uh, kind of attract sharks to the boat. And someone came up with the brilliant idea of, uh, well, what happens if we play some death metal? And so they lowered the big speakers into the water and they played Darkest Hour, and, uh, you know, which is super heavy, you know, big, you know, uh, hard tempos um, and really deep, you know, a deep low end. And sure enough, as soon as they started playing the music, um, this massive 12 foot shark rocked up and followed by his 14 foot friend. And uh, they just hung around as long as they played the death metal. The sharks just kind of hung around the boat. It was, uh, I think it surprised everybody. That's, That's cool. wild. What shirt, yeah. what, what shirts were the sharks wearing? You know, uh, that's a great question. Uh, you know, one of them, uh, I think had Molly Crew. They kind of made fun of him a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Awesome. If anybody is looking for this video, you just type in sharks love death metal into YouTube and you'll find it. Um, I went you know, down a, you know what? A I can put hole. a, I can put a link in the show notes okay, to that perfect. as well. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah. I, I went down a little shark rabbit hole after watching that that one. The, the next video was about the the search for the megalodon, and uh, oh boy! <laughs> but uh, it's definitely worth watching. All right, I'm l- really looking forward to this one, Joe. We ask all our guests for a, a music pick, so give us give us a 
give us a good one. Maybe something that's a little bit gateway, right? Like for the non-metal fan that might kind of bring them over into the metal. Do you have one of those? Well, it's a tough one because, uh, you know, I did, um, I was torn because I really enjoy black metal, but I understand that, you know, that's like, if you go, if that's like going from being a light beer drinker to absinthe and I wouldn't want to do that to anybody. I would say that for um, a, a true gateway, um, there's a French, um, there's a French band called Alcest, A-L-C-E-S-T. And uh, they started out as very much a, a hardcore uh, kind of old school black metal band. And they've evolved into something really interesting, uh, really immersive over the years. It's got a little bit of shoegaze to it. There's even hints of pop maybe in their newer stuff. Um, but it's very emotional music. It's uplifting. It's uh, it's powerful stuff. And um, their last few albums are, are stunning. And if you like those, then you may, um, you know, you, you certainly would be, um, you, you find a lot of other similarly interesting stuff. Awesome. All right. I'm going to dig into Alcest and I'll, I'll find a pick and I'll put it on our guest picks playlist on, on Spotify. Awesome. So maybe awesome. we can, maybe we can bring, we can bring some of the, uh, the masses over into the metal world a little bit with that. That's there awesome. we go. Welcome with open arms. <laughs> and so finally, Joe, if, uh, if listeners want to follow you or get in touch with you or follow your work, where should they go? Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm active on social media. I'm Joe Daly underscore CA on uh, both Twitter and uh, Instagram. And my website is joedaily.net. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, apologies in advance for my rants. <laughs> <Awesome>. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Well, Joe, thanks so much for being with us today. That was a super interesting conversation. Guys, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks, Joe. You've been listening to Beat Seeker with your hosts, Matt McButter and Mike Wider. If you like the show, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. While you're there, leave us a rating and a comment and share it with your friends and colleagues. If you want to dig deeper into this content, visit beatseeker.fm. That's B-E-A-T seeker.fm. And if you want to be part of the show, check out our Patreon link. Interact with us on social media at BeatSeekerPod. BeatSeeker is recorded in the Devil Lake Studios and the Tunnel Under Arundel. The show is produced by Matt McButter, Mike Wider, and Kate McCartney. Tim Ratledge is our editor. Thanks for tuning in, and keep seeking. <laughs>